From Content360, this is the state of client acquisition. Showtime, ladies and gentlemen. I'm very happy that we are actually starting like on the second. This is, has never happened before in the history of the Behind Us podcast. Uh, but wonderful to be with uh, Jade Fetter, Paruradia, Al Tepper, and uh, my good self on this LinkedIn, Facebook, and YouTube live. We are going to be talking about the phenomenon that is Paruradia on LinkedIn. So we have very happy that uh, Paru has decided to, to join. What has happened recently, and this is the genesis of this conversation, is Paru and I have known each other for a couple of months. And recently, I just noticed how much more engagement she was getting on LinkedIn in with, with her posts. And so I was just curious on what happened there. And Paru told me, well, I found my voice and uh, Al Tapper happened to me. So I thought that this would be a great occasion to, uh, to get Paru on a LinkedIn Live and to talk to her about this very fact. Paru, was this an appropriate introduction? Yes, thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me and for your kind words. <laughs> no, that's awesome. Great, great to have you. So before we do a quick round of intros, um, yeah, no, let's, let's actually start with that. I just want to give some context. Jade is joining us because Jade is also a coach, uh, a coach for C-level leaders. And I thought it would be very interesting to have her here on the call for it's an opportunity to learn and uh, Faru has obviously done some great inroads on the LinkedIn content so I thought it would be lovely to have you so Jade maybe you want to quickly introduce yourself sure so I'm Jade as Michael has said and I do personal transformation and um, consciousness coaching so shifts in your life happening um, from one level to the next uh, if you want to better yourself unblock yourself and just skyrocket um, that's basically what I'm here for awesome excellent uh, before we get into discussing uh, your phenomenal transformation Paru quickly Al would you like to introduce yourself please as well Thank you so much, Michael. It's so good to be here. Um, my name is Al Tep and I run TEPFU and we turn business leaders into marketing leaders. Uh, for most small businesses, the biggest challenge they have is they're great at what they do, uh, but they don't know much about marketing. And so we hold their hands, take them through strategy, uh, take them through a coaching process that means that they can become the marketing leader the business needs to be. And uh, we also offer consultancy, strategic marketing consultancy for larger clients uh law firms accounting firms people like that awesome great lovely so paru uh tell us about your background what you do and your genesis uh of being the linkedin superstar that you have become recently thank you michael um so i am a founder coach i'm a business consultant and i'm an executive strategist um and executive strategy is where most of my clients come from. I help C-suite executives, rising C-suite executives, um, get out their own way in terms of, it involves coaching and also strategic and tactical help with whatever's going on for them in their role or in their life at that moment in time. Um, I've been doing this for years. However, I rebranded, my firm is Farris Consulting, and I rebranded ready to launch January 1st last year. And I realized that before I was launching that I didn't know how to optimize LinkedIn. And I was very shy about content. And although I'm good at helping leaders be their authentic selves as leaders, um, and I follow my own advice, putting myself out on social media was a different beast. 
And so I looked for help. And I noticed a friend of mine from university was doing so well on LinkedIn. I loved the way he showed up. So I gave him a call and said, hey, could you give me some tips about LinkedIn? And he said, I could, but Al Tepper can do it better. So <laughs> I met Al Tepper. Um, we got in touch and Al um, had a LinkedIn class. It was a three hour masterclass and it was amazing. It helped me navigate LinkedIn, understand the stats behind it and just to how to optimize how to optimize LinkedIn. The next hurdle was, well, what do I write? Now that I know what buttons to push, technically, um, literally, I, I don't know how to convert my thoughts into a voice for LinkedIn. I'm confident in a boardroom. I'm confident in a business meeting. I'm confident with my business and helping people. Putting that on LinkedIn is different. So I attended Al's content gym, and that's where he really helped translate thoughts into valuable content for LinkedIn. Okay, good. Uh, Al, can you tell us a little bit about Content Gym? How do you work? And uh, generally, how does, the, how does the process of working with you work? Awesome. Uh, well, uh, the Content Gym in the format that Paru attended it uh, was an eight-week program. And we had uh, about 40 points to cover. Uh, so every day, uh, a simple video from me, two, three, four minutes, uh, not a massive time investment on, on sort of the learning side. And then, you know, five to 10 minutes, ideally on the uh, action side. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, it starts off quite slow to build confidence. And then once the confidence breakthrough occurs, everything else gets easier. Um, it's, all, it's all about intuition, really, fundamentally. You mm -hmm. know, none of us are idiots. Nobody watching this is an idiot. You know, we're all grown ups. We're all good at what we do. We might not be the best in the world, but we're not the worst in the world. Who knows? We're somewhere on the spectrum of greatness, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, and yet, and yet, we're scared to tell people what we think. That's ludicrous. So mm -hmm. all we have to do is remember why we're in business, who we help, how we help them, what we do, how we do it, why we do it, where we do it, when we do it, and magically, uh, content uh, becomes much more available. We have a few tricks, uh, a few clever pieces of kit in the content gym. For example, we have uh, uh, eight content mechanisms that we train over those eight weeks, and around that. We have six content cons, five content muscles, and lots of other pieces and uh, mm -hmm. bits of coaching that we pull together. And the end result is that um, if Paru, uh, if Paru wants to create content, uh, as 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 you'll hear, uh, it's an awful lot easier now. And and that's a common problem that especially senior leadership has. Senior leaders are very scared to talk because they're worried about what marketing will say and what press will say. So mm -hmm. it's better to say nothing on LinkedIn. But actually. Social leadership shows us that uh, if your business is led by uh, visible, active, credible leadership, then the business will do, mo do more and move faster. Um, mm -hmm. And there may be some exciting news to tell you at the end, but I'll leave that up to Paris to decide. I don't know um, okay. how we're going to frame that, but yeah. Cool, That's cool, cool excellent. So, so Paru, like looking back on the content gym, what would you say were your, like the three biggest takeaways or breakthroughs conceptually that you then were able to implement? Or I don't know if three, but what were the salient points there? Um, content is all around you. Don't overthink. Mm -hmm. So content mm -hmm. is all around you. Um, we're living in a matrix, as Al puts it. Um, don't overthink. And the, oh, the last thing is post every day absolutely every day mm -hmm. oh and then the five four three two one oh thanks al <laughs> which is um spend five minutes a day for 
F-O-R as opposed to the number four. Uh Um, um, Three likes, two comments and one share. Is that correct, Al? That is correct. It's slightly updated now because we're less worried about the share. But yeah, uh, absolutely. I was just about to say. It's about habit forming, right, Michael? Mm -hmm. It's just about habit forming. And people think people think LinkedIn is going to mean they're going to lose an hour a day. No, not even close. Doesn't need to. Interesting. And uh, have you stuck with five, four, three, two, one? Is that really enough time to 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 build a sort of a groundswell of? of well, don't uh, forget for for the people who uh, for all of us, uh, no, because we're at a different level. But for people who are coming on my LinkedIn masterclass, for example, generally yeah. they've never posted. They don't know. You know, they're right at the beginning. So mm. what I want to do, it's it's a kaizen principle, right? So by giving them a small task to achieve, they'll achieve it and do more. Yeah. Whereas if you say to people. I mean, if you if if you're a LinkedIn coach and you say to people, yeah, you got to spend four hours a day, no one will come on your course. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because realistically, if you tell business leaders to find four hours a day, now I'm not saying you should spend four hours a day. I'm not saying you should spend five minutes a day. You have to work it out. But five minutes a day starts to allow the algorithm to love you back, and you start to feel a reward. And when you start to feel a, re- a positive response, you tend to do more. So mm-hmm. the starting mm-hmm. point is five, four, three, two, one. If no one, anyone watching this is not active on LinkedIn, five minutes a day for three likes, two comments. And uh, you could do a share if you want, but you don't have to. It's not going to be mm-hmm. anything. Okay. Uh, cool. Maybe five, you know, five, four, three, two, two, we should change it to. That's not, Got it. Got it. Not as catchy. <laughs> okay. Excellent. <laughs> so, so let's get specific now, Paru. Uh, like you were active on LinkedIn before, right? Before you met, before you met Al, what were you posting then? What were you active with at that time? Oh, I wasn't active at all. I was a LinkedIn oh, lurker. Okay. I mm-hmm. was, as in, I had a LinkedIn account, and in my old role for another company, I wrote a couple of articles. I commented on people's posts, and I'm part of a women's network, so to support them, I would maybe like one or two. But I was always, um, I mean, I, I wasn't that active. And mm-hmm. then once okay. I met Al, I started writing. I started finding content around me and being a lot more aware of my train of thought. Um, randomly, I remember one of my first posts, it was on the second day of the content gym. I had just landed in London to visit family and I was emptying the grocery bag and it made me chuckle about all these groceries that don't exist in the US. And I was like, well, how am I gonna, I said, oh, this is so interesting. My friends are gonna ask me what I enjoyed about London and I'm going to say this, this and this and they're not gonna know what it means and how am I going to explain it to them? And then Al's video came out at that minute and said, whatever you're doing at this minute, write about it. And I was like, oh, and I'm a good student. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to write about fish fingers and digestive biscuits, which Mm -hmm. in America are cookies. Mm -hmm. And I mean, whoever thought of the name digestive, that doesn't sound appealing. But then I talked about, exactly. So I talked about fish fingers, which in America are fish sticks. And as I was writing, it got me thinking about, well, isn't it funny how communication makes such a difference in what you call things and what the definition of things are? And then it got me thinking about the issues that causes in business because people aren't talking about the same thing, but they think they are. And my post was all about being clear with communication. And mm. I would like to think I have a sense of humor. So then I was saying how, tell me some funny stories of when miscommunications have happened at work. And the engagement was amazing. On that one, I think... I can't remember now, it was so long ago. I think I got about 7,000 views on that. And that blew my mind because I went from about 200 views to 7,000 on day mm-hmm. two of the content gym. Mm. Okay, got it. Excellent. So this format of taking <coughs> something every of everyday life and then trying to tie it with 
one of the themes that you work on? Like, for example, you for you, clarity of communication is very important. And therefore, the topic of fish fingers and digestive biscuits lends itself to elucidate the concept of clarity of communication. Did I summarize that right? Yes, but don't try too hard. If I'd tried yeah. to make that happen, I would have sounded fake. And I know that looking back and how my communication is today and mm -hmm. how my posts are written today, it's more just allowing yourself to be and don't. That's the bit I meant about don't overthink it. Just have a stream of consciousness and see what happens from it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, quick sort of technical question to you, Al. Uh, do you recommend to people when they come to you that they should, if they have a legacy network from old contacts in old industries, should they purge their old network or not? What, what's your view on this? Definitely not. And I've got evidence commercial evidence from clients. Uh, the reason why not is because people buy from people. And if I knew you 10 years ago, but I was in a different sphere and I know you today, uh, I don't know what you're doing. I don't know who you know. I don't know what your capability is. I, I don't know anything about you. So if I was going to purge someone without knowing how we could help each other, I, I'm literally throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Mm. I'm literally getting rid of something and i don't know what it is so okay. my perspective is linkedin doesn't uh well there is a limit uh in, in connections before you have to follow but 99.9999 percent of people on linkedin are never going to anywhere near that so for most people why purge i mean uh, there's no yeah. you know and there's I, a great anecdote uh sorry go yep. ahead no go ahead okay what's, what's the anecdote i was just gonna say there's a great anecdote one of the clients who came on the masterclass. uh he was an electrician so he was a tradesperson, electrician, typically not confident about the value of LinkedIn. Uh, he posted uh, for the first time on LinkedIn, literally for the first time. And immediately someone that he worked with 10 years ago gave him some work. And then two weeks later, that person who happened to now be uh, the managing director of a block management company gave him a ton of work, like 600 electrical tests and said, look, I used to know you from way back. I know you. You're good. Can you come in and do it from one post? And and that's mm. the point. Your legacy network yeah. is full of people who've known you longer than people that you meet today. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So and, the, and, you know. and that is the fascinating thing that so many different approaches work, right? Because this is your standpoint al it's perfectly respectable i just i'm just remembering because yeah, yeah. last week i spoke with my friend anrik who's also very successful on linkedin and he says exactly the opposite and yeah, he has yeah. been successful with that and his point just to elucidate you know we, we don't have to yeah, yeah. even agree to disagree it's just it works whatever it works you just have to follow one thing see what works and then follow that path just to elucidate what's yeah. the background of this his take is that you release a post and then LinkedIn puts it in front of your sort of a sample of your contacts. And then if the average of those contacts tends to be not very active on LinkedIn, barely ever posts, sometimes even like they don't have a profile picture from olden days, right? Then, and there's not a lot of engagement, then LinkedIn will deprioritize the post, not show it to other people. And so this is what Anrik did is that he had 35,000 or 30,000 connection, however, was the maximum. And he just in one long, you know, he had a virtual assistant help him with that. He just boiled it down to the 5,000 most active ones. And since then, his engagement exploded. 
right? So I think there's different solutions for different people. I'm not saying one of them is right or wrong. And I recently talked about that in one of my posts saying that, honestly, there's so many different peaks on the landscape of LinkedIn success. You just have to pick one coherent strategy. Yeah. It could be the Al Tepper yeah. strategy. It could be the Michael Bryan strategy. It could be the Andrik Blood, whatever it is, and just stick to that and see what feels right for you, right? So I, I don't want to yeah. say... Look, the other guy does it differently. Doesn't matter. Yeah. You do it that way, and no, it is working no for it. Paru, right? Yeah, and and you know, I think I come at it. I I come at LinkedIn. I come at, but I come at marketing from a very different perspective, and I come at marketing and, and LinkedIn especially from a perspective of, uh, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna show up and be me, mm -hmm. and I, I literally I do I do very little to hack LinkedIn. Um, but I'm aware that there are so many, I mean, there's an, un, oh man, I mean, when do we stop learning how good we can be on LinkedIn, right? I mean, I don't know. I probably know a drop in the ocean. If I, if I had a hundred LinkedIn coaches in front of me, they would each teach me 10 things I never knew or heard, you know? So it doesn't yeah. matter how, I mean, I'm 23 years into marketing now and I'm still learning. So yeah. I don't anticipate it's going to stop tomorrow. And, exactly. you know, I think there's also different phases that clients go through. Some phases mm -hmm. are, a diff some people, when you're starting LinkedIn, um, all you have is your core network. All you have is your core network. So unless yeah. you're going to rapidly build a new network, mm -hmm. you you know, if you purge, if you came onto LinkedIn brand new, having not posted, but with a thousand followers, a thousand connections, and you purged it down to 50 and you focused on great content, maybe it would grow differently, but, mm -hmm. but then you've only got 50 people. So the signal to noise yeah. ratio uh, with the engagement strategy, yeah, yeah. it's an interesting, yeah, it's an Absolutely. interesting one. And to, but to give credit to your approach, which I used to abide by for the longest time, now I'm slightly more on the I'm going to purge a little bit approach. But just to give credit to you, I have had a client come from a post that had yeah. three likes, one of which was me. Yeah. And this was it came it came from a lady. Uh, who saw this post, it spoke to her, and she's a lawyer in a corporate firm, but she realized that mm -hmm. my services could serve her husband. And so uh, if I had, had had purged her from my network, it wouldn't have happened, right? So absolutely credit yeah. to you. She's not not at all a target audience for me, but her husband is, and she passed it on to him. So 100% agree with the idea of... Yeah, not I mean, it swings around about, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, it swings cool. around about. Cool. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, lovely. So, Paru, what I would like to do, if that's okay with you, I would like to show some of your recent posts, and we can take a look at sure. them. Maybe you can share some of the genesis of how Al's thoughts apply to this particular post, and what was your thought process in that, okay? Sure. Awesome. So, I'll share the screen. Where is it? Here we go. Cool. So this is one of the more recent ones that has been very successful. Could you share a little bit about this one? Yes. So Al always talks about being human and people buy from people. And that's actually something I say in my coaching too, which is um, what we one, one of the areas we had in common. And um, so something we said in the green room is about signposting. For me, my signpost is if I'm genuinely emotional about something, either extra happy or extra angry or extra annoyed or extra frustrated, there's a reason for that. And those emotions are real. And um, what triggered this post is, um, and, and I've explained it in the post that, oh, there was an announcement. Indra Nui um, said, congratulations to Lena Nair for becoming the CEO of Chanel. And I was like, oh, that's nice. And then half an hour later, I actually got really emotional and started crying. 
which is odd. I'm not a huge crier. And mm. I was like, well, why am I crying? And I'm like, oh my goodness, this is such a big deal to have an Indian female leader. I didn't realize how unseen I'd felt until I felt seen. It was just the way it was um, being Indian and female. So I just expressed my words in writing thinking, okay, if it turns into a post, it turns into a post. And I expressed it. And my stream of consciousness was very clear. And so I put it as a post the next day and that got something like 120,000 views. Mm-hmm. And I can't even remember how many likes. But the point is I was so go. genuine. Oh, the screen's too small at my end for oh, me sorry. to be able to see that. 1100, 1100 likes. Okay, thank you. Um, but the point is, it was just who I am. And I think, the, so my signposting now is, does it stir emotion? Because emotions are what I think makes you human versus a piece of furniture. Does it mm-hmm. stir emotion? And the other trick is, I write as if I'm talking to a friend. I've stopped worrying about the billions or millions of people on LinkedIn that might see it and might troll me and might have a negative opinion. I don't worry about that. I write mm-hmm. it as if I'm talking to my best friend or to a client or to my mom or to someone I've just met at a social mm-hmm. event. And I'm very human about it because the voice when you speak to another human being is different than when you're on stage presenting. And that's how my voice has changed. And mm. that's where I see the difference between when people are posting on LinkedIn, the ones that connect with me are as if I feel they're talking to me versus they're on a stage talking to a bunch of people to get attention or a bunch of people generically. I will pick one person in particular in my mind and write to them. Ah, that's an interesting takeaway. So pick one specific person who you are writing this for. Or two, not for. Yeah, I'm writing it to them, not for them. Oh, interesting. Writing it to them. So if it's as if you, if, if a friend had asked you for your take on something your like advice, your opinion, and then you share that. Correct. Okay. What's the difference between writing to and writing for? When I'm writing to someone, there's more of a human connection and there's nuances in the language I choose to use. Mm-hmm. When I'm writing for someone, I'm too busy thinking about how I might come across. Whereas when I'm oh. writing to someone, I'm unfiltered. Wow, interesting. So the the lack of of self-censorship, like you are not self-censoring when you are writing to someone, whereas if it's for, you are in a little bit of a press release mode. Yes, little bit, mm. but I'm mm. telling you, Michael, it makes such a difference to the tone. Wow, that's interesting. And what I find particularly striking in this is that here you're breaking the rules of LinkedIn that you need to do like one line, two line paragraphs. There's like the longest one is five lines, which for LinkedIn is like sacrilege. It's uh, never do that. And look at you, you're doing that and you're getting a lot of (laughs) engagement on it. Um, I didn't even notice that. What I am big on is white space. I, I hate the ones where there's no white space at all. I definitely do write in paragraphs. I try and include bullets. And I... I've been given feedback after a couple of posts where this happened by accident that people have commented or DM'd me saying, I love that you've got takeaways at the bottom. I love that you've got tips at the bottom or I love that you've Mm. got um, a summary at the bottom because then they've read all this stuff and they're thinking, well, what do I do with this? So I then remind them like, okay, so here's what you do with it. Mm. Interesting. 
that's a good one. Okay, good. Let's move on to to the next uh, post. That okay. Look at this. This is interesting. So you shared this one, and there's no engagement. Right? Look at that. From one post to the next, from zero engagement to a thousand likes. So this is how fickle LinkedIn can be. Right. I think Do that's have... a technical thing. Al might have something to say because that was a share versus a post. Yeah. Well, yeah. I think Michael and I already have discovered we agree about the valuelessness of sharing now. Sharing is dead, isn't it? I mean, there's no organic reach. Uh, so that's that's exactly the proof right there, right, Michael? It's it's fascinating you should say that, Al, because just today I had somebody share my post from the morning, which wasn't very successful, and his his share of my post was way more successful. So it's funny that you say it today. As you see, for every rule, there's always a good exception, right? And so that I think well, the they have to keep us guessing, right? Yes, they have exactly. To keep us guessing. Exactly. We can't never, we can't know the algorithm too well. But maybe there, I mean, you know, that person might have ten times the number of uh, connections you have. So you know, it's it's all very no. Yeah, has way less. Yeah, but really, yeah. oh wow, wow. Yeah, yeah, way less. I can actually. I mean, since we're Who on knows? it, I can, I can, I can show you. We can just take it's a battling, quick... isn't it? Sometimes on LinkedIn, even you know, they just uh, yeah, people's all getting. Where where is this? This is this is worth worth checking out. Yeah, it was this one. Look at this. Had got eleven reactions, twenty seven comments. My got like three, three likes. Okay, so and this is Josh. Josh has some. Hi, Josh, if you're watching. Uh, Josh has some. I think a thousand. Let me quickly check. Thousand followers. He doesn't have many followers. Uh, some, Amazing. Oh no 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 no. He has seven thousand. Okay, so that's good. I have some ten and a half. So that's we're pretty much in the same same range. But so he posted this. He quoted me, and this eleven likes, twenty seven comments. My yeah. actual post was not all. That I, th great. I think what's I Look think what's resonated there. Yeah, that's <laughs> incredible. I think what's yeah. resonated there is he's done something most people don't do when they share, and he's added quite a significant amount of value add in the content mm -hmm. so most mm -hmm. people when they share they just share and put a few words in but actually you know josh has done something really smart there and added value tagged you in put three hashtags so I, that's the only thing i can think that's yeah or he's just got lucky but that makes sense exactly you know, if you're going to exactly. share do it like this right mm -hmm. exactly perfect good let's get back to paru and your content this was uh you just I'm just going to scroll and you, Paru, how about you stop? And if there's an interesting story to it, can you comment? Is that OK? Sure, sure. If you um, keep scrolling down, because I'd really like to talk about the first one that blew up. It was a, just a no makeup picture of me outside um, a little more. It, it was November 16th-ish. Were, were you wearing a blue yellow? coat with a pink? No, I was wearing um, a pink sweater and a blue coat and I was outside. Mm -hmm. Um. Is it a picture or video oh, picture? I think, oh, this yeah, one. there you go. There this you go. One. So this is what this is what happened. Um, I hadn't posted on LinkedIn for months. I'd commented on other people's posts and I knew that I wanted to start posting. Something happened in my life. So this is the whole um, me doing the analysis of when I'm emo feeling emotionally strong about something. Someone told me not to do something and it really upset me because it was compromising my core value or one of my core values and who I was deep down inside. And for about a week, I was really upset about what she said. And she was like, oh, you shouldn't do this because of this. And you shouldn't, it was one of the whole shouldn'ts, shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do this, you need to think about this. And it was so far removed from what I truly believed 
that I started giving myself a pep talk about all the times that I had gone against what people had said mm-hmm. and that I'd been really successful. So I wrote a story to myself about, hey, well, you did this and it worked. And then they said, don't do this and it worked. And then they said, don't do this and it worked. And then they said, don't do this and you did it anyway. And it was more of a defensive. I originally wrote it as a very defensive. Don't tell me what to do. I know what I'm doing. Don't bully me. <laughs> and like a, the child in me came out. And then I just changed the way it was written as if I was advising someone else, like I said, which is, look, if people tell you not to do something, but you truly believe in who you are and what you're doing and why you're doing it, do it anyway. I know it's hard. I've done it and I've cried and it's difficult. And I've mentioned crying twice now, Um, but do it anyway. Be who you are because I'm all about being authentic. Mm. And then I posted that and I even put a no makeup post because I've never posted a picture of I before then I'd never posted a picture of myself and I was so nervous, but it was more of a stand for who I was and okay, people, this is me. I'm, Mm. this is me. This is raw. This is how I feel. If you like it, great. And if you don't, it doesn't even matter because I'm, I have to be my biggest advocate. That got 98,000 views and I was mind blown. So that's the story about that one. And then if you go up a little bit of the one of me in yellow, about 10 days later, I just written small stuff. And then about 10 days later, that one, I thought, okay, well, I'd written this post the night before and it felt really cheesy and I didn't want to post it. I'm like, oh, it feels really cheesy, but it is something, it was advice that I had for a friend in my mind. So I posted it at about noon the day before Thanksgiving because I was sabotaging my own success because I thought, well, no one will read it, but the algorithm will know I exist. I'm just going to put it out there. And if people like it, they like it. I just need to know the algorithm. I need the algorithm to know I exist. Michael, that got 251,000 views, over 2,500 likes, and newsflash, Indra Nui, ex-chairman, CEO of PepsiCo, liked this post. Oh, I thought she's a client now. (laughs) Not quite yet. No, 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 she doesn't need to be a client. She's a phenomenal leader. I I will learn from her. Uh, We've all got something to learn from Indra Nui. Wow. You got a like from Indra Nui. That's pretty cool. That's awesome. That's my claim to fame right now. (laughs) We're connected. We're buddies. (laughs) Awesome. That's brilliant. That's brilliant. Okay. Um, So those are two stories there. Okay. Very interesting. So I'm going to challenge one thing and just, I mean, for the sake of the conversation, but let me, let me challenge you on one thing here. You said that it's all about like being really authentic and just whatever comes into your head, just put it out there. Okay. Uh So it feels like, and I'm going to tell you a little story of what happened to me once. One of the times that I remember that I was in complete flow writing something, and that was, I don't remember a time when I was more in flow, was when I was leaving one of the companies that I used to work for, and I gave the, let's say, one of my bosses, let's let's call it that way, a sort of dress down telling him everything that he'd done wrong. And it was, I was just completely in flow and I got reinforcement from many other people around me who said, yes, you are right in, in these assessments. So it wasn't just my crazy brain that came up with it. And I was literally in like for six hours, I was in trance. I wrote like 15,000 words. It feels, I don't remember exactly, but that's much how it was. Anyway, the point is, I think if I wrote something like this, it was, it was negative. I was telling him what he was doing wrong. And I think so when you say just be authentic, write what comes to your mind. I think it it needs the important qualifier. It needs to be positive in nature. You need to be kind. 
Absolutely, because like I said, I don't know if I said this live here or in the green room earlier, whatever I write, even if it's something negative, it has to have a positive spin about the learnings and you have to be nice about it. I'm never a jerk about, hey, you're awful, go away, it sucks. It's a, this sucked for me. If you're one of these people who've done this intentionally or unintentionally, please consider doing it this way. Mm -hmm. So yeah. yes, you should be authentic, but and unfortunately, if one person, if, if you're being a jerk, if you're a jerk and you're being a jerk about it, that's not going to get very far. I, be authentic, but be kind. And if kindness isn't an authentic trait of yours, that's a whole other issue we need to talk about. <laughs> mm. Okay, fair enough. But I, I do think that if even if not kind, I think even if it if it comes from if something you want to write comes from something bad that happened to you or a mistake that you've made, instead of beating yourself up about it or instead of mainly giving it a negative tone, do try to to spin it into something positive. Okay, so these bad things happened, but here's what I'm going to do about it. I don't think necessarily that it has to be in the kind vein. I just think it really has to turn from negative into positive generally. So if you feel like telling someone off, then try to see if you could change this into what are the mistakes that I have seen people make, briefly describe them, and then instead show how you can do it better in your, in your opinion. Maybe something Agreed. like that. Value oh, add. It's a bit like, yeah. oh, sorry. Um, no, I was sorry, just saying, it's a bit like the summaries I usually put at the bottom, which is, I mean, there was a post about a boss who said, obey me. That was awful. Yeah. So I wrote about all the things that were wrong with that, but then said, well, this is how I handled it. And this is what I suggest you do moving forward. Mm -hmm. So yeah, having the value, having the positive spin or the value add at the bottom, I feel is very important. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. Al, you've been, you've been raising your hand. I just, I just wanted to say in response to this, uh, you've got to, what I think, I think the, the bit that, uh, you could, uh, take Perry's point to a logical conclusion that would be, it's all about your motivation. If your motivation is to give someone a bad time, if your motivation is to give someone a hard time, if your motivation is to egoistically elevate yourself over someone, if your motivation is in any way detracting from someone else, then it's always going to backfire because whatever you put out, you're getting, you know, the old saying, if you, if you point at someone, there's three fingers pointing back at you. So, but however, if your motivation is a good motivation, so for example, Michael, that content that you created, 15,000 words, and it would have been heartfelt, powerful. If you take from that, sorry, my dog is barking in agreement. Uh, if you take from that the learning that, um, you just heard it. Uh, if you take from that the learning that um, came out of that, for all leaders, don't be this, don't be this, try and be this, try and be that. Then the motivation is not focused on one person. It's focused on helping humanity, helping yourself. So I think even beyond kind, ask yourself what the motivation, if you want to take someone down, that's never going to work on a LinkedIn post. If yes. however, you want to, you want to write a letter to yourself, coaching yourself based on what you've seen from bad leadership, mm -hmm. oh, great post. So yeah. I think it's, you know, you ask the motivation, are you in ego or are you in heart? If you're in, if you're in a loving, kind place, then the content can never be bad. Love if you're it. in an ego place, the content, sometimes it can be a bit uh, edgy. Mm -hmm. Okay, great. I think, yes, it's the motivation that comes because for me, uh, and I think it's a legitimate point to take. I do sometimes feel like kindness is not one of my core qualities. And I would feel fake if I were to do, oh, just be kind to people. And so it's just not me. 
right? But I think if the motivation is to improve myself, right, which is ultimately that's what life is all about, right? You need to improve yourself. That is effectively all of all of life. And so then I think if the sort of the the tough love that I give myself in the posts is really genuinely directed at me, then I think I can get by even without kindness, which doesn't come easy to me. (laughs) Well, I'm sure you're very kind, but I know what you mean. Sometimes we can be a bit, we can be a bit over kind. Sometimes we can be a bit too caring. Um, You know, Anna, Anna commented just now and says something really great. People can smell our intentions. Yes. Yes. A million times. Yes. Forget what you're writing. Because yeah. they're reading what you're really saying. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Great, wonderful. So now, from this plane of okay, we we really are getting the engagement on the on on the content. Which it comes from the right place. The question that I always ask myself when I see somebody be very successful with content is. Does it translate into revenue? So, Paro, can you tell us a little bit? No need to share details, but can you share some uh, information on what has this translated into in terms of business for you? Sure. Um, so, to be fair, my first post that blew up was around November 16th, and then I stopped writing just before Christmas. And my first day back in the office was yesterday. So, I only really had four weeks of exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, in those four weeks, I received nine solid leads, um, lots of DMs, lots of exposure, lots of people that I know I'm likely or hopefully on their radar, mm-hmm. um, but nine solid leads, three were not qualified, six I met with and turned into them asking for proposals, three signed pretty much immediately, and the other three have been in touch to say they're looking for the budget because it's not mm-hmm. a cheap ticket, it's not a low ticket item. Um, I can imagine. That's that's a big deal oh, yeah. um, for me. Absolutely. <laughs> um, my business is referral based, which I'm really grateful for. If someone works with me, the chances are they will refer me to five other people and have done actually not chances. It's, it's a high um, uh, referral. Mm. Uh, I don't even know the words I'm trying to use. I get a lot yeah. of referrals, I guess is yeah, what I'm trying yeah, to say. Yeah. Um, but these people on LinkedIn and out of them, I would say, one of them knew of me. One person was who signed up. Um, one person I hadn't spoken to in eight years, and he signed mm. up pretty much immediately. Like we had mm. a let's catch up and then a formal discovery call. Um, and I hadn't seen him in eight years, and it's going very well. I'm thinking, did I know anyone else? One other person, yes, I knew, but she's one of the people who hasn't signed yet. And the rest were people I'd never met before, never heard their mm. names. Mm-hmm. They'd mm. never met me. Um, But they did say, by the time they got in touch with me mid-December, they did say they've been reading my content on LinkedIn and they really like what I write and they really connect with it and can they have a conversation. Mm -hmm. So, and my usual close rate is several months. It's a very strong relationship-focused engagement. So closing these three deals quickly was huge. Yeah, that's that's just amazing. And I, it, it really shows that you, if you get this kind of level of exposure, if like if this was literally almost probably half a million people seeing your stuff. And of course, we know that in the context of LinkedIn, C doesn't mean that everybody studied the post in great depth, right? But it's just, it's a proxy. And if you get a half a million views on LinkedIn, it's going to translate into business one yeah. way or another, right? And yeah. so... The uh, the progression will not be linear, 
right? But it it's just it's huge. It's huge. What you I believe so. so. So okay, good. Wonderful. So I think what the thing I wanted to do, if that's okay with you, I wanted to ask Al to have a look at Jade's uh, content, if we could do that and give her his feedback on what she might be doing. So let me quickly, briefly stop sharing. I'm just going to find Jade's stream. And here we go. Almost there. Michael, while you're doing that, can I just answer a couple of questions that um, are in the comments from Barbara Absolutely. to me? Absolutely. Let's do that. Let's do that. I'm just going to share the screen in the meantime. And let me say, which which comment would you like to answer? I'm going to so, put it on the... Um, the last one is, um, can Pari describe her offer in general terms, length of time? Yep. Um, Barbara, hi. Nice to meet you. Um, so what they were engaging me for was my executive strategy, which is... Um, a package of six or a package of 12, either 60 minutes or 90 minutes. And it lasts anything from four months to a year, depending on how much they buy. Um, I hope that answers your question. Please put another comment in if it doesn't. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, and Barbara's awesome. other question was about pictures as well. Um, yes. Which was, would you like to address that later? Oh, okay. No, no, no. Let's go for it. Go for it. Um, Barbara, I hated posting pictures of myself. And I'm starting to get used to it. And now I'm a little more conscious of when I'm wearing makeup and when I'm wearing something nice, I will take a selfie and put it in the bank. Um, I have noticed a lot more engagement when I've posted pictures. And the feedback I've got from other people is that, Paru, when you post a picture of yourself, I feel like you're talking to me. I feel like mm. I've seen you, which was so interesting because this is someone who I didn't even think noticed me. And... Um, He's my friend's husband, and he's like, I always know how you're doing because I see pictures of you on LinkedIn. And that felt mm -hmm. really nice because that's really important. The fact that they feel you're with them and you're talking to them um, builds that relationship without you having lunch with them and spending that time. You're still building that relationship. Yeah. So it's really, I, I think it's really important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And so, Barbara, when you say, I feel like my post should not be about me, but about my ideal clients, I would really invite you to, uh, and I'm going to remove the comment now so we can see Al. <laughs> uh, when when uh, people say that, I, th I would say, really try out what works for you. Because I can tell you for in this Paru's example. And then there's also someone like, I don't know if you know him, Justin Welsh. He's extremely successful on Twitter. He writes exclusively text posts and they are exclusively about the topic of starting a business, starting a side hustle, creating online. And he gives very specific advice and his work is completely unbranded. Like he's never put out a picture of himself, pure text, and he has 140,000 followers with an average 500 or thousand likes per post. So everything works. It really try mm -hmm. something consistently for a month and see how that works. So Barbara, when you ask about, I feel my post should not be about me, but about my ideal clients. I remember in your case, because we've been, we've been uh, interacting for a while. I know that your videos, they were great. They were really good. They're short one to two minute videos. They got great engagement. And so this works for you. I would just keep doing this kind of stuff. What works? That that would be have, my answer. And just test. I do have for, something to add to that. Thank you. Yeah. So I didn't mean to interrupt. Um, Barbara, if, if you've got value to add and it's about your clients, you're helping them, do a lot of that. I would suggest once in a while, make something about you. Because, for example, if I was a potential client of yours, I want to know you're credible and I want to know you know what you're talking about. I post about business things all the time. 
but once in a while, I will put a post up about what I think and a picture of me. So then they know who they're doing business with. So if I saw mm. a picture of you, I would more likely warm to you in addition to your advice. And if anything, I, I think that's just an added bonus. Mm. Okay. Awesome. Do you have any other questions? Let me quickly go through the comments. Thank you, Anna. Interesting way to write. Great tip. I had a comment too. It's simple and powerful distinction. I think that was about the, the two and the four. Uh, right two and four. I really like that. That was that's that's my probably my biggest takeaway. Very interesting. The learning in the key. Good. Uh, Barbara, cool. Thank you so much for that. I feel like it's too self-centered, but I'm obviously wrong. I don't necessarily think that you're wrong. It really see what works for you. And I think whenever people say that, see what works for you, I think this is a, it's, it's a good yeah. reminder to when people say, see what works for you, I would say, do it for one or two months and then, and do it consistently. Like literally we're talking every day. Okay. Uh, I post 12 times a week at least. And so if you do that, then after a month, you should get at least, we're not talking three clients like Baru had, but we would want to see at least a couple of inbound leads. Don't expect it within a week, but I, I'd say for two months, give it two months and post in one consistent manner if you get the engagement. And then you should see a couple of inbound leads coming your way, at least people being interested in what you do and wanting to know more. If that is not the case, I think it's time for you to try something new. But if you do that, if you take the, this, I'm going to be taking the Al Tepper route, you know, next one doesn't work. Okay. I'm going to try the Justin Welch route. Let's see if that works. Try it consistently. And then over time you will see, geez, what actually works for me is a blend of Al Tepper and Justin Welch, you know, and I've, I've made my own. This is where you experiment, you create your own version and that's where you blow up. I see some nodding from from people on the call. So I'm going to take that as agreement. Good. Uh, uh, all right, Al, can you give Jade your take on her content? I think that would be really useful. Sure thing. Um, so uh, before I even say anything, I'm just going to answer or add to what the last discussion was because it's relevant to what we're going to talk about now. I have something I call the dinner party test. Um, and uh, we cover this as one of the many things we cover in the content gym. The dinner party test is really simple. Um, and, and Barbara, I think this will help you. Um, ask yourself, if you were sat at a dinner party, would you say what you're about to post on LinkedIn in normal conversation to the person sat next to you? And most of the time, most of what we put on social, not just LinkedIn, we're in broadcast mode, but it's called social media for a reason, not broadcast media, right? So we're in broadcast mode. And so we're talking about the business but we would never talk that way at a dinner party, ever. I mean, well, maybe you would, but I don't think you'd be a very popular dinner party guest. Yeah. I think if I sat down, you know, if you sat down next to someone and said, hi, I'm Al. Listen, I've been in marketing for 23 years. Let me tell you something amazing about marketing. I think most people would be like, oh my God, I got the short straw today. Look at this guy. Whereas if I sat down and said, you know what? Someone told me last week I couldn't do something. And actually I could. Okay. Well, that's interesting. That's much more conversational in style. And, and so I think... Um, you know, run the dinner party test part stuff. So let's look at Jade. Um, Jade, we're putting you under the spotlight. I don't know what that's <laughs> ever done that to me. So, but first of all, well done for being visible on, on on LinkedIn, so that we're even talking about you. I mean, that's an achievement in and of itself. You're obviously working with a really great coach. What can I say? Um, so uh, the first thing that struck me was the use of quotes. 
Um, I love the I love the I love the the pics of you. I think Barbara, in response to your question about pictures of you, uh, I'm, I've seen loads of stats that say, um, and I know Para will agree that you know pictures of you personally uh, create more engagement than random picture. So a picture of you uh, really does tell a story of a thousand words, right? Um, so I don't mind the quotes, but I think social is so awash with quotes. So unless you're going to go all in on a quote. The problem you've got there right at the start is I wouldn't even click because I would just assume because it's a quote, I would just assume it's a quote. So I wouldn't even click to extend. And we know the algorithm. We, we know the algorithm rewards see more. If you get people to click see more, then we know that you will uh, get more read time, more dwell time. And we know that LinkedIn are, are very keen on dwell time. Um, so then the rest of the post, um, a quote really says, actually, that's great. The one thing I would change here. Uh, if you scroll up a bit, sorry, just to the bottom, uh, if you go up to the, yeah, so I can see the full thing. There you go. Um, so I, I love the power of questions. I think questions are really underused. I think people are, I think actually people are afraid to ask questions because they're afraid of, oh my God, what happens if someone answers? What happens if someone disagrees? Whatever. So um, I typically, uh, this this looks like a great, great possible question. My wish for you is that this year you make the choices that align with shaping your life the way you want. I would flip that into a question and have that above the fold instead of the quote. So mm -hmm. I would I would start this post, for example, with um, uh, what choice will you make this year that aligns you with shaping the life that you want? Because by asking a question, and there's lots of psychological analysis on this that will support and disagree, like everything, you ask 100 people, you'll get yeah. 101 different opinions. Um, but my view is asking a question is honest because it's a, re it's, it's a true question because you're talking about what your wish is, but you're not operating in a vacuum. You're operating on LinkedIn. So what you really want to know is what other people's answer is because you know what you're on. So I love using questions. So that's the one thing I do here on that and that post, for example. Three to six hashtags is the key. Any more than six, uh, as far as I can tell, is, is wasted hashtags. And also the first three, uh, I, they were doing it. Actually, Michael, let's just go and test this. If you click up to the top of the article, go to the top of that post. So if you go to the top of that post, click on the three dots and copy link to post. Uh, now we can't see that unless you unless you post that URL somewhere. Uh, maybe you can, here. Okay, yeah, you can post it in your chat. So yeah, if you look at that, uh, now go back to the now go back to the article. Yeah, the first three hashtags, opportunities. Yeah, change, it was only coaching. the growth mindset. It yeah, it cut off before growth mindset. Opportunities yes. change coaching. Yeah, so it always takes, so LinkedIn, I don't know if other people have noticed, but LinkedIn always take the first three hashtags and put it in the URL of the copy link to paste. And again, from an SEO perspective, you know, LinkedIn's SEO is fantastic. Obviously, it's going to outstrip all of our own websites. So again, it's it's a nice little SEO player, especially if you're building up the same, if you're using the same three hashtags first all the time. And if, I mean, Michael, if you imagine if, if Jade had 500 posts all of which started with those you know that's going to have an impact if i then mm. search for whatever it is um but again the hashtag strategy you want to you you got to make sure you get that right with large hashtags and small hashtags you know yep, niche yep. hashtags um scrolling down let's have a look at the next post i hope that helps jade by the way uh so, yes it does so thank you there, um 
it's it's really uh, it's a really lovely little post. And look look at things like this. You don't need to do a lot of work to get a lot of engagement because it's a genuine achievement and people are happy for you. So you get a lot mm -hmm. of sentimental engagement. But again, mm -hmm. how could you leverage that more? Um, because obviously you've got lots more characters you can use in a post. So what were your three key what were your three key takeaways? What did you learn? What did you mm -hmm. fail at? What did you disagree with? And you know, again, starting it with a question: uh, What have you recently achieved? You know, recently I achieved this, yeah. and this is what I learned. And so this post, and I get that uh, I, I get that there's a link there as well. And we know that links don't matter anymore in posts. Thank God, LinkedIn. I think uh, it was the uh, Van der Blom report that came out a few months ago. So good work putting the link in the post. We don't need to put it as the first comment anymore. Um, but I think if you unpacked that and gave it a bit more, I think you'd have got even more. Because okay. with very little, under 10 words, you got 27 comments. 20 comments. And that's, so that engagement at the start, they're going to love you anyway. Mm -hmm. So if you take that engagement and give it the algorithm more content, that 27 comments might have turned into 270 comments, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Does that make sure. sense? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Michael, Michael, if you want to disagree, I keep trying to call you Michal. I'm so sorry. Michael, no, if you want to disagree with anything I'm saying, I'm sure you will, of course. No, 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 no. This or is, you might have something like that. No, just the thing to, to manage <laughs> expectations. Every single time you celebrate something on LinkedIn, you're going to get a lot of love. That's great. It's yeah. a great from the yeah. great thing that the community is so supportive. It's absolutely awesome. Yeah. It's unfortunate. The problem is we don't have that much to celebrate all that often. So it's not really replicatable, right? So that's why I'm saying it's absolutely good, but not, not I am being a party pooper here a little bit, but I 100% You can agree. celebrate regularly. You, sure. you can have win yeah, of the week. You can have win of the week. You know, okay. it's, it's lower in value. I agree. Yeah. It's lower in value. But look, things like this are always going to get more because you know, Jade's achieved something. And I think your your people will come out and support you when you've achieved stuff. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And exactly. actually, saying, yeah, with this in particular, it was to um, get the credential actually into the profile and then it automatically posts to the feed. So it's actually through an app. I didn't actually go on to ah, LinkedIn and post this. there you this. go. So it's, right. and that's, right. so with that i wasn't quite sure at that time when i was trying to link it um how it was going to come up in linkedin um which is why yeah, i also yeah. didn't have a formulated um uh, content so the good news is you haven't really posted about it on linkedin do it again do okay. it again and write a more meaningful post mm -hmm. unpacking what you learned what you loved what you hated tag in the course instructors tag in the organization you got the you know you know do your post yes, right yes. absolutely okay. absolutely great um, should we should we do another one really, maybe one that, one that is a, a really bit more great, critical sorry sure there's a really great uh, question from Barbara do you recommend using every character LinkedIn allows every post the answer is no I definitely don't recommend you do that but uh, why wouldn't you write more if you, if you can you should but you don't have to be like absolutely religious about right up to the last character I mean. LinkedIn have a, from what we can tell, LinkedIn have a certain way of looking at posts with 10 words, posts with 500 characters, posts with full characters. So obviously uh, the posts you produce that have very little content in them should be very few of far between, I think. Mm -hmm. Okay, next post, Good. which one do we want to pick? So these are some of, it's, it's a similar theme. So many of your recent posts begin with a quote. So I believe we, we covered that. Maybe we can look yeah. at something yeah. else. 
Sure. Uh, interesting. We haven't seen that. So this is nice. Europe. This is nice. This doesn't bring in with a quote. And actually, it's got really low engagement. So let's just look at what the engagement is underneath. And that's really low compared to, it's an interesting image. Let's see the rest of the post. I like the start of it, the Diderot effect. I've never even heard of it. I mean, that's interesting. And, you know, I'm a curious human. I, I kind of want to know, becoming a slave to your purchases. Oh, okay. Yeah, I know what it is then. Sounds like me. Um, mm -hmm. I'm definitely a slave to my purchases. Um, so, uh, yeah, I'm surprised that didn't do better. Let's scroll down a bit. So we've got some content. We've got some... Okay, scroll up one last time. Did I just miss something right at the top of the post in the... Yeah, okay, scroll down. I know exactly what's going on here. Scroll down, scroll down, scroll down. Okay, so the only thing that was wrong with that is you edited the post, in my opinion. Edit, editing, we know. If you edit a post, by the way, anyone watching this, if you edit a post on LinkedIn, organic reach drops. So don't edit, certainly in the first hour, but the first hour is the golden hour anyway. But that's mm. the only thing I can see wrong with this. I bet if you posted, if you cut and paste exactly, when was this posted? Like, Two it was weeks ago? This, uh, no, it was, in, yeah, two weeks ago, December. Yeah. Mm. So I reckon if you schedule to post that again in February and don't edit it, uh, I'd, I'd be amazed if you got less. I, I'd be, mm. I, I'm, I'm betting you'll get more engagement just because it's a good post, actually. You know, it's a nice post. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's got some emojis, an interesting image. You know, the image is like a, a, a graphic, so it's informative. There's nothing wrong with that post apart from the mm. editing. Okay. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, just one thought on this. I think that you you wasted one line here. The sorry, the what? I don't think that adds a lot of value. I would have added maybe the Diderot effect, becoming a slave to your purchases, and this is why it's bad for you, or something like that. So to to kind of put I, more I agree, on the bone, right? Because the sorry, the what is that, not see more. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Before the see more, you've really, you know, I, I come from a publishing background and in publishing, we always used to talk about the sell. So headlines sell articles, pull quotes sell articles. So on LinkedIn, the see more, the first three lines that you get before the see more, they're the sell. Man, those have got to sell. They've got to. Mm. So, yeah, you could have definitely the sorry, the what I think, uh, again, you know, um, you could be very playful with the headline there. Everybody knows about the Diderot effect, right? You'll uh, you'll know you'll know about it when I tell you what it is because you already probably do this. You know, mm -hmm. Oh yeah, that that's good. That's good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I like that. And that is my biggest challenge: is those those first three lines, <laughs> and um, you know what to what to put there. And then I think I, I go into overthinking it. So yeah, it's practice. It's overthinking just practice. is the number one um, reason. I've, yeah, what I found problem. helped me with that, and Al helped me with this actually from giving me a few examples, and then it became a bit of a pattern, is write the whole thing. And then whatever your summary or takeaway is, you can just copy and paste that at the top and maybe change a word or two. Okay. I've ended up doing that, which is once yeah. you've written it all, it's like, oh, what I'm really trying to say is this, so I'm going to put that at the top. Okay, yeah. great. That's great. Thank oh. you. Uh, just a quick comment from Barbara. I found this so interesting uh, as does Barbara. So instead of editing, is it better to delete and start over? Al, what do you think about that? So uh, there's there's two answers. It depends when 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 you catch the problem. If you post something and like uh, three seconds later, you're like, oh my God, delete. Absolutely. But the problem is, the problem is LinkedIn is very unforgiving if you delete. 
you get LinkedIn will focus on your first post of the day. We know that your first post gets the most engagement and every subsequent post typically gets less engagement. However, there's a caveat to that. But uh, the problem is it depends on the typo. If it's a single letter, like if you a spell mistake, then I wouldn't worry about it. If, however, you totally screwed up, then yeah, I would delete because you don't want to give people the impression that you're not professional. So yeah, you're sloppy. I, yeah. I've, I've, <laughs> say again? No, sorry, that you're sloppy. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've left typos in there. Um, and what I love, and typos are great, depending mm. on the type of client you're trying to attract. If you're out there and you're trying to attract uh, overthinkers, uh, people with OCD, uh, uh, grammar, grammar fascists, you know, people who are always correcting, then put typos in your post because when they message you, uh, telling you about your typo, which they will, uh, then you've got them, right? Um, but I don't think that's the business you're in. So I don't think you should worry about a typo. Uh, so Barbara, you know, if it's if it's a tiny little mistake, I'd leave it because you don't want to take away the LinkedIn love. Um, but if it's substantial, and and the other answer is. If it's a long period of time, like if you're 20, 30 minutes in, I wouldn't worry about it unless it's substantial because by that point, you know, yeah, most of the reach has seen it. I think it's all about how much engagement you already got on it. You you usually know from your other posts, you know how quickly yeah. a post gets traction. And so when yeah. you've already in the first half hour, you see this, it's stirring, then I would just leave it because otherwise you're yeah, missing out on a nice opportunity. If, however, it's a meh, you know, you don't get much, I would just delete, then correct it and 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 start again. That matters yeah, because I think agree. also this is what LinkedIn doesn't like. They don't like the idea of you posting. Some people agree with it. They comment on it. And then you change the whole point of the, of the article, right? Or mm. of, of the post or, that would be, that would be very much against their ethos. I think. Do you remember the days, Michael, when people used to change posts and people used to edit hashtags and edit the tags. So you tag in 10 people and then not that I would do this, but it's like a black hat SEO strategy for LinkedIn. Mm -hmm. People would tag in 10 people and then edit it and put another 10 people in. So LinkedIn, mm -hmm. uh, the only people who edit genuinely, as far as LinkedIn's concerned, are people who are trying to gain the system so they don't like it. Oh, interesting. Cool. Barbara is asking, what is Al's take on timing of posting? Ah, uh, it's a great question. I get asked this a lot. Uh, it's almost my favorite question, but it's aligned very closely to my favorite question, and that is how many times a day should I post? Um, so the reality is this. Uh, for most people I speak to, small business owners, um, there is a good time. It's the same thing with sending emails. There's a good time to send an email. We know that sending an email, you know, the best chance of a response is going to be Tuesday and a Thursday morning at around mid-morning in the UK, certainly. So the thing about LinkedIn is we know there are certain times and those times will be very dependent on who you're speaking to. If you're trying to speak to CEOs, then they're not going to be reading LinkedIn much during the day. The reality is they're not going to be saturating LinkedIn. But the, the people you want to reach uh could be reached to engagement so the challenge is i'm not a big i don't really care about times if i'm honest i don't i don't really adhere to it other people will disagree with me so i don't worry about it because my clients aren't that you know uh uh linkedin mature yet that they're at that degree of tinkering however clearly there are some good times i think uh you've got to use your own initiative i know michael you talked about shield analytics you know, if you've got analytics and you can look at when you're getting the best responses, 
uh, if you're going to go into when the best time to post is, work out when the best time is for you to post. Mm -hmm. Don't just use what other people are saying. But obviously, if you're selling to the US market, there's no point posting at 5 a.m. in the UK because the US mm. market is all in bed. If you're selling exactly. to the UK market, posting at, you know, 10, 10 a.m. PST is pointless because it's 6 p.m. in the UK. So yeah, yeah. I think timing is a bit. But the reason this allies to the other question around uh, how many times should I post? The best time to post great content is now, mm -hmm. hands down. If it's exactly. great content, it's going to get engagement. If it's crap content, then you need to really think about not posting it. Absolutely. And I've heard so many times like, oh, you shouldn't post on weekends and so on. It's all nonsense. It's like you just, the quality of the post, the, the success is made up of many parameters. Success of a post is made up of many parameters. The content of the post is like 99% of those parameters, right? Maybe not 99, yeah. maybe yeah, 95, definitely. right? Definitely. So it's like that definitely. matters definitely. and forget about all these ancillaries, like what time should I post? But on that note, I would be interested in Al, your thoughts on how many times there's also different views on that uh, how many times a day do you have a, is there a maximum well again uh, so this is my favorite question how many times a day see it always comes up how many times a day should we post it's not a volume problem it's a value problem exactly so so if you've got 10 amazing things to say in one day because you're at an event Say 10 amazing things if you've only got one thing to say. I think the, the, the generally accepted rule that most LinkedIn commentators would agree with is post once a day mm. as a rule, a minimum. Exactly. Uh, maximum volume over value, you know, exactly. or value exactly. over volume. And and exactly value of a volume. Uh, there's also there's so many examples of people who kind of did it their own way. There is Jonathan Palmer who posts one video a week. Now he had a long break, but he just does one video a week, and that video gets like 30 billion views and likes and so on. And he's getting a ton of business from that. So it's literally whatever. I think it's like do as the the pros do as the people suggest and you pick one of them and follow their path. Once you've had a bit of yeah. success with it, I think this is a good place to end on. We're also well over time. I don't want to stretch your patience uh, all, all that much more, Jade, Paru and Al. Uh, but I think this is a good piece of advice generally. Just f in the beginning, follow someone's lead. And then once you've sort of graduated, once you are doing well, start experimenting and do your own thing. You will get only outstanding results if you tread your own path. And I've seen this in my own business. I've had coaches as well who I've been working with and I followed their lead and I got some results. But the real the the real success, the real times when I had like my first $29,000 months and so on, this really came from me doing the work, me doing experimenting and seeing what works. So I think uh, this might be a good place to end on unless you, Jay, do you have any remaining questions to, to, to Paru or Al? No, no, I think they answered everything that I had throughout, um, all their tips and sharing. So I'm all good. Thanks, Michael. Thank you. Paru. Excellent. Thank you, Al. Wonderful. Paru, Al, any closing words, anything that you kind of overarching for me, the, the, the main lessons learned from here, uh, from this conversation is two, not four write to someone, not for someone. It will slightly alter how you phrase things. It was very interesting, <clears throat> Paru. The dinner party test uh, that I wrote down from, from Al, imagine, I know it as the buddy across the table test, very similar, right? You Would you speak to someone like this? Then 
be authentic as long as you're positive. If you're authentically a negative person, cut that out. Don't don't do it. You know, just the authenticity has its limits. And then uh, post a picture of yourself. That was my that's a more practical, tactical take. Uh, Paru and Al, any other closing words? Um, I would like to thank you, Al. I would like to say, um, reiterate something that Anna put in the comments as well. People can smell your intention. So if your intention is to get business, I don't think that's going to go down as well as your intention being to add value and help people. Mm -hmm. Exactly. That's my, so, that's my parting comment. So my Lovely. final word would be, uh, I have two quotes uh, to leave with you. They're my favorite quotes in the universe. One is a Frank Zappa quote that I discovered in 1998. Uh, a computer can tell you a story, but it can't tell you the whole story. It just doesn't have the eyebrows. That's Bigger, good. Number one. And number two, uh, I'll end uh, uh, a fantastic uh, with a fantastic poetess. My mind has gone blank. I always forget her name, but it's so shocking because I quote her all the time. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute. Um, but uh, it's my Anjali, of course, my Anjali, my God. And uh, she says, uh, you know, people won't at your funeral. People won't talk about what you did, and they won't talk about what you said. They'll talk about how you made them feel. So it's all about the feels. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Great place to end on. Thank you so very much, everyone. Really great having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you. The State of Client Acquisition is a Content360 production. Music by Gavin Knox Grand. To sign up for alerts and to submit written and audio questions, go to stateofclientacquisition.com. Caffeine burns, wide awake, dreams and colors.